Welcome back to the show, everybody. If you are new here, this is the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. And my name is Cami Wilkie. I am, above all, a believer. I am secondarily a wife. Third, I am a very soon-to-be mom to a precious little girl, our miracle baby that is going to be born. Can you believe I'm literally going to be in – well, by the time you're hearing this, which is going to be on um, Monday, I'm recording this you're here hearing this on Monday. I recorded this last week. But the week that you're hearing this, I'm literally going to be entering my third trimester with the baby that we waited four years for. Absolutely wild. Um, And I'm a dog mom. And for my career, I'm a high ticket sales coach helping online coaches just like you grow their online business, get more high paying clients, transform their clients' lives, and become a financial blessing not only to their family um, to pay off debt, travel more, but also be a financial blessing to others. I am so passionate about that. I believe that it is so important that we understand how to make money from scratch. And when I say from scratch, I mean like utilizing your skills, your God-given gifts to make money outside of a traditional nine to five job. Now, there's nothing wrong with nine to five jobs, but as we know, we saw in 2020 that the world will throw us a curveball. So I believe it's so important for whether you're an American, Canadian, whether you live um, wherever you live in the world, just that you understand your gifts, your value um, in your gifts, and how to serve other people's with those serve other people's other people with those gifts in order to earn an income. I believe that that is a skill that it like literally has so much value. And today, I'm excited to talk to you about sales, okay? That's something we talk about here a lot on the show. And oftentimes when I talk about sales, I get down into like nitty gritty strategic tactics. That is my forte. That is my love language. I will oftentimes tell people that when you have a business coach, a lot of times they will lean towards either a little bit more strategy, a little bit more tactics, or there'll be a a coach that maybe leans a little bit more into the mindset, a little bit more into the emotions, and both are absolutely needed. I for sure am a coach that leans into strategy. I love talking about strategy. I love teaching strategy. I'm here for the strategy. However, today I'm going to touch on more the mindset aspect, okay? We're going to talk about sales, but we're going to talk about mastering sales calls from a Christian approach. And I'm going to give you five things that you can do as a believer to show up powerfully on your sales calls. And these five things, like they're not going to be like maybe the traditional sales tactics that you're usually, you're used to hearing from me, but they're going to be sales tactics that I want you to keep in the back of your mind all the time when you're on a sales call to make sure that you're representing Jesus well. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey coach, welcome to the Bible's Babies and Business podcast. Are you ready to get more consistent, high ticket clients in your online coaching business without having to go through exhausting flops launches? Are you constantly searching for podcast episodes, looking for that key to unlocking $10,000 months in your business? Do you have big dreams of becoming debt-free, going on more family vacations, and staying home with your kids? But right now, your business isn't even breaking $2,000 a month? Hey there, I'm Cammie. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. 
a few years ago, before I was known for being a high ticket sales expert for online coaches, and before I founded my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, which offers some of the best marketing and sales strategy in the coaching industry, I was just your average online coach struggling to get by. I didn't know how to get clients, make consistent money online, or get out of the painful cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and drowning in debt. And to make matters worse, my husband and I were struggling through years of infertility and needed tens of thousands of dollars to grow our family. Oh, and on top of that, student loans and credit card debt. Needless to say, financially, we were a sinking ship. My business needed to make money. My family depended on it. That's when I discovered the art of how to close high ticket sales. And the best part, you don't need thousands of Instagram followers or ever have to struggle through another duct taped Instagram launch ever again. In this podcast, you'll find practical sales strategies to use in your own coaching business, biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, and a healthy dose of tough love. Because one thing you need to know about me, I don't sugarcoat it. My ultimate goal is to turn you into an absolute powerhouse at selling your high ticket coaching online so you can be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your clients, and create life-changing impact for the kingdom of heaven. So grab your Bible, your laptop, and let's get to work. Because you were made for this. about you, but I, for, I don't know however many years the show has been out, but I have been watching The Chosen. The Chosen is hands down my favorite production, my favorite television show, my favorite thing on screen of all time. And that's saying something because I'm also a huge fan of Moana and The Little Mermaid, and I would rank The Chosen above them day in and day out. If you're not familiar, The Chosen is a multi-series, multi-season, excuse me, TV series about Jesus's life and his ministry. And the the actors and actresses in the show, they just compel an audience, whether they are, whether an audience is a believer or not, because they they've they've documented believers watching the show and and non-believers watching the show. But this, regardless of the person's faith background, this show has a massive impact. And what I believe makes this show so powerful is the way that the actor Jonathan Rumi plays the role of Jesus. And a lot of times I think in the church or even outside of the church, somebody's not a believer, maybe they have this image of God that is very hmm, like dictator or um, like, like God is harsh, God is mean, or like Jesus just wants my life to be hard. And what I think this show does so well is conveys the gentle, but firm and very clear, uh, clear cut demeanor of Jesus and how, how well and how deeply he loves his people. And I won't go too much into it because I could talk about this show for hours, But the way that this ties into our sales call conversation that we're having today is the reason why I believe The Chosen has such a massive impact on both believers and non-believers is because regardless of whether somebody has a faith background, believing in the word, growing up in the church, reading the word of God, praying daily or not, they respond to the kindness 
of the Lord, to the love of the Lord. Now you see that um, when people are watching the show and you see that even like within characters within the show that humans respond to humankind. One of their slogans, I, I may not say it perfectly, is to love God supremely and love people supernaturally. And the thought process behind that is to love the Father and, and receive love the from the Father so well that the Lord can actually love other people through us. And by allowing the Lord to love others through us in a way that is supernatural, it's beyond our human ability, other people are going to feel that love of Christ, whether or not they have a history of a relationship with the Lord. And so when we bring that conversation into having a sales call, if you are a Christian faith-based coach, whether you whether you talk about faith in your coaching or whether you are a believer that is coaching in the secular space, I believe that the Lord can use our businesses to make an impact in ministry. Okay, and so I want to give you five maybe non-traditional ways that you can show up powerfully on your sales calls and love people the way that Jesus loves us without even like saying the name of the Lord. Okay. Um, I want to share with you just like things that like I want you to have in the back of your mind during sales calls that when somebody comes on a sales call with you, whether you're somebody in the health space or mental health space or business space, whether they are a believer or not, that they can feel like, man, something's different about this person. Something's different about this coach. Um, very similar to it, the way that people feel drawn to Jesus and the chosen. Like, man, something's different about this guy. So without further ado, let's dive in. Now, the first thing I want to talk to you about is building authentic connections. Now, you might think to yourself, Cammie, that is so overused. I feel like the word authentic and genuinely connecting people is something that we talk about all the time in the online coaching space. So how am I bringing a different spin on it here? You would not maybe believe the how much it like, it not shocks me, but like takes me back a little bit when I'm getting on a call with somebody, whether it is for a sales call or a coaching call or just like any type of call, and they don't really break the ice. They kind of just jump right on into it. They don't really like take the time to get to know me. They don't ask me how my day is. And that might seem like, Cammy, that's pretty nitpicky, but I'm not joking, you guys. It's something that I do every single time that I get on a coaching call and I'm hosting the call. Like if I am the the authority in the space, before we ever get into business talk, before we ever press play on a recording episode, before we ever talk about a sales uh, proposition, before we ever talk about coaching, I always take a genuine interest in how is that person doing today? And I'll ask them different questions. And I'm like, hey, like, what did you do this weekend? Or like, where are you from? What's the weather like there? Like, I'll just try to make small talk with that person before just diving right on into our business topic. Now, I get it that people want to be timely and they want to make be really efficient with their time. But imagine like if if you walked up to, to Jesus and he would like wanted just to get straight to the point with you, like he didn't have time for your small talk. He didn't have time to hear like what was on your heart today. He just wanted to like dive right on in and he and he made you feel like he didn't have time for anything else. Like that would make you feel uncomfortable. It would make you feel um, not welcomed as much as you could be. And so that's one thing that we can do on our sales calls is before you you dive into talking about 
your pitch, okay? Before you talk about how this person can pay you, take five minutes and actually genuinely have a conversation with them. Forget for a moment that this person might pay you money and actually just take a genuine interest in that person. You can ask them questions like, what do you like to do for fun? What did your weekend look like? Got any big plans coming up at the, like this month? Are you taking any trips? Any Anything coming anything, anything for you? Like take a genuine interest in people. There's a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And one of the principles of that book is that people love to talk about themselves. And when somebody is especially getting on, getting on a sales call, their walls can really be high because they know that the purpose of this call is to see if we're going to work together. That would require a financial exchange. And a lot of times, like when somebody is getting on a sales call and there's a, a chance that they're going to be paying you money, like a, people just have this like scarcity mentality with money and it can make them feel like their def- defenses are high, like their walls are built up. And so one way that we can get people to kind of like calm down and get really honest with us and just like relax a little bit on a sales call is by asking them about themselves um, and asking them about topics that have nothing to do with whatever it is that you're talking to them about that today. So like if you were getting on a sales call for fitness, talk to them about anything other than fitness for like the first five minutes. Talk to them about topics that are comfortable for them their family, their vacations, like what they did this weekend, get them talking about things that are really comfortable for them and you'll see their walls come down. That's number one. That is a really good example of how you can build an authentic connection on a sales call. Number two, prayerful preparation. Before you open up that Zoom link, okay? I want you to sit, even if it's for five seconds, and just ask the Holy Spirit to invade your heart, invade your mind, invade your mouth, and to speak through you on that sales call. Like, Lord, let your will be done. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Like, guide me on this call. And I just pray that your will would be done. Like, it doesn't have to take a long time, but I would challenge you, friend, to say a quick prayer before every single sales call that you ever get on. Ask for wisdom. Ask that the Lord's will would be done, whether or not like you're meant to work with this person or if you're not meant to work with this person and that the Lord just would guide the call. That is something that really grounds me. Asking for wisdom and asking that the Lord would give me the right words, something that totally, totally grounds me. Okay, so that's number two, prayerfully preparing for your sales calls. Like I want you to show up prepared with your sales pitch I hope that you have a sales pitch. I hope you make like a sales pitch presentation. I hope that you have a rock solid offer with a guarantee. I hope that you have everything like technically, like strategically ready. And then I also hope that you prepare your spirit by praying prior to the call. Number three, active listening skills. Okay, this is one that I myself, I would do myself a favor by remembering this more. Active listening skills as a coach. Okay, oftentimes when we are the coach, a like like our job is to talk, right? Our coach is to our, our our coach. Our job is to guide. Our job is to ask questions. Our job is to teach, to lead, to nurture, and to mentor, right? And a lot of that comes from talking, like us having the floor and our client listening. However, there is so much, I'll say, meekness. Meekness, M-E-E-K is power under control, okay? There's so much, I'll say power, in you taking a step back and instead of taking the speaking chair, taking a listening role, asking questions, but then really like not having a a pre- 
a predestined answer of how they're going to respond in your head, but really listening. How is that person answering that question, going deeper into that with them, taking a genuine interest in what it is that they're saying. This kind of goes back into like building authentic connections. But like at this point in the call, you've, you've, you've already broken the ice and now you're asking them really deep and personal questions related to their struggle, to their goal, to why they're here on this call with you. And when you're asking them really challenging powerful, thought-provoking questions, I challenge you to genuinely listen. And one way that we can let somebody know that we're genuinely listening is once they're finished speaking, first off, don't interrupt them, but once they're finished speaking, saying something to like, hey, I wanna make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. I wanna reflect this back to you. This is what I'm hearing you say, blank, 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 blank. Is Am I understanding you correctly? That will make somebody feel so seen and so heard if they know that you are truly, truly listening to them. Jesus listens. Jesus is the best listener, okay? And one way that we can be more like Jesus is to take an active approach to listening and to reflecting back to our clients what it is that we feel that we're hearing them say, let them confirm, yes, we're hearing them correctly, or no, 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 I actually meant something different, and just really help people to feel seen and heard and loved, okay? One thing that my one of my best friends, Lissa Scott, says is to be seen, to hurt, be heard, and to be loved. So many people just want to be seen, you guys. They want to be heard. They want to be loved, especially by their mentor. People are looking up to you. And so if you give them your full attention without, you know, taking notes, without, like, being distracted, it has a profound effect on people. So that's number three, taking an active listening approach. Number four, having a faith-based value proposition. Now, what I mean by a faith-based value proposition is that the offer that you're presenting to them is one that is excellent. I don't mean that you have to incorporate faith into the offer. Some of you do. Some of you are like, I'm a faith-based exercise coach, or I talk about faith in this way. And some of you are Christian coach or Christians that have a secular coaching business. And and that's fine. Whether you talk, whether you incorporate faith into your business publicly or whether it's something that like, hey, I'm here to serve and I'm a believer, whether like whether faith is a topic that you discuss with clients or not, you can still have a faith-based value proposition by making sure that it is a cut above the rest. Friends, I believe that the Lord calls us to excellence not perfection, but excellence. And that can show up in how excellent of an offer that we're presenting somebody, how rock solid is our curriculum, how airtight is our guarantee, how tidy and crisp and aligned is our presentation. Like everything from the price point to the description of the program to the guarantee, like all of that, should be far and above beyond the average, which is not, do I want to say it like this? I would say that in the online coaching space, uh, let me back up. Okay, here's how I'm going to say it. This is how I'm going to say it. Human nature is to do the least amount of work possible to get the job done. That's human nature. That's my nature. That's your nature. Now, maybe it's not like everybody's specific nature, but like it's a genuine trend of human nature, right? To do the least amount possible to get the job done. And part of that is our brain trying to conserve energy. We can go into that in a different conversation. 
But when people try to do the least amount possible to get the job done, it's like a minimum amount of effort sometimes. And so if most people are putting forth a minimum amount of effort, then it shouldn't take a lot of your effort to actually stand out and go above and beyond the rest, okay? Um, so if most people in the online coaching space are putting in minimum amount of effort in their content and their messaging and their sales call and their offer and their pitch, and you're going a step further, you're going to shine. Okay. And it's not to say that you have to like white knuckle it or just like be like, just be so stressed out over everything. But like, if you just take a step further, you're going to shine above the rest. Part of that is having an irresistible offer. That's something that I teach inside of my program, High Ticket Powerhouse. Go down in the show notes to apply to see if it's a good fit for you. But having a faith-based, faith-based value proposition, one that actually represents the kingdom well, means that you're offering something that is a cut above the rest. That is an excellent offer. That is not average by any means. And that is irresistible and air tight. Okay. We're representing the King here. We're representing the kingdom of heaven and we have to have that reflect in our work. Lastly, number five, the follow-up. Now here's something that I'll kind of share with you. Like I'm kind of in this experimentation process with this. One thing that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine in the sales space is if somebody doesn't make it clear like if, if somebody who is making the pitch, okay, the, the coach that is making the offer doesn't make it clear that they want an answer on the call and then somebody gets on the call with them and they pressure them and um, try and kind of like almost manipulate somebody into making a decision, hurry up and make a decision on the call, uh, especially if that person like makes decisions with a spouse. Like I've heard people say, um, or like somebody, I just feel like I've heard the conversation like in this, in the sales space of like, well, here's how you get like, I'm paraphrasing, but like, here's how to like move around. Like if they say that they want to talk to their spouse about the sale and their spouse isn't on the call with them. Well, does your spouse support you? Okay. Like, like, it, and I'm paraphrasing it, you guys, but like, I'm a person that as a believer, as a married woman, as somebody who submits to my husband and somebody who um, wants to honor that in other people's relationships as well, I would never force somebody to make a decision on a call if they if they needed to talk to their spouse first. I would never pressure them into hurrying up and making a decision on the call. I think that that's icky, sleazy, and salesy. So in that case, like all of that is bringing me to this point. I have been experimenting with a 48-hour deadline, meaning... I do my darndest when somebody is signing up for a powerhouse call with me to make it very, very clear ahead of time what my expectations are. Like if you look at my application, you'll see that like, hey, I here's the starting price point of the program. Do you make decisions with the partner? If you do, they need to be on the call with you. Like I really only want to work with people who are super clear about their goals and are ready to take a step forward. If you find that this is a good fit, are you ready to make a decision on the call? Okay, now that's different because I'm telling them my expectations beforehand and I'm giving them an opportunity and telling them like, hey, if you make decisions with a partner, that's great. I want to honor that. Bring them on the call. If, however, you don't make that expectation clear and somebody gets on a call with you, do not pressure them into making a decision. And instead, what you can do if you didn't clearly communicate expectations beforehand is give somebody a 48-hour deadline. And the 48-hour deadline really is this. Number one, it allows people time to look at their budget, to talk to their spouse, and to pray on it if they didn't have ample amount of time to do that prior. 
Okay. So this is all about like how you set up the call in your application process. If you didn't give them a chance to do that before, then, then giving them 48 hours to do that will speak volumes. Number two, it allows them to really, really think about the decision that they're about to make and to make an to make a really informed decision with one that isn't rushed, one that they wouldn't um, like if you ask somebody to make a decision about whether or not to pay you five grand in a 45 minute call and they've never met you before, like that's a lot to ask somebody to do in 45 minutes if they weren't walking in thinking that that's how the call was going to go. Now, if you again, if you set up the expectation that way, they're like, hey, this is the call at the end of the call, like like you got to have a decision made and they know that ahead of time, that's different. But if they don't know that, like that's a lot to put on somebody in 45 minutes and ask them to like hand you like four or five figures. Okay. So let's just not do that. Instead, you can give them a 45, 48 hour, not 45 minutes, 48 hour time window. Um, I wouldn't go any longer than that though, honestly, um, unless there's like a very specific ex like exception, I really wouldn't go longer than that. Um, 48 hours is a good amount of time for somebody to make a decision of whether or not they want to move forward working with you. The, the truth is that they, they know whether or not they want to work with you and you should give people time and space and like, um, to, to really be solidified in that decision, but giving them too much time will allow fear to set in. So it's really a delicate balance there. So, um, all of that to say, if you are going to give somebody a 48 hour deadline, follow up with grace. Okay. And really do your best to be neutral about the sale. Now I know that, that can be really hard, especially if we're somebody that is like, man, I really, really, really need a sale. Like I, I got to make rent this month, or I really want to pay off this bill. And you're, you're emotionally attached to the money, but do your best. And like, ask the Holy Spirit to help you remain neutral. Whether somebody says yes, whether somebody says no, we want this, we we do not want this to affect your identity, the success overall of your business. And so like in my emails, if somebody tells me no, which people do by the way, okay, just because Cammy's a sales expert doesn't mean that people never, ever, ever tell her no. But if somebody's gonna tell me no into powerhouse, I'm not going to shame them. I'm not going to make them feel bad. I'm gonna remain very neutral. I'm going to remain positive and say, I, I will ask like for feedback if the conversation warrants it. And there are tactics to help people overcome objections. But if I can just tell that this is not a good fit, what good does it do to make somebody feel bad about that? What good does it do to shame somebody or to be passive aggressive or to not respond to somebody, give them the cold shoulder? Like, let's not do that. Let's follow up with grace. Let's be neutral. Let's thank them for their time, their consideration and move forward and always leave a good taste in their mouth, not a bad taste. It's really hard to go back and unburn a bridge, friends. Okay, so let's go ahead and review these one more time. These are... Um, five things that you can be doing on your sales calls to really showcase the love of Christ, whether or not you even say the name Jesus on your call. Okay. Number one, build an authentic conversation, uh, excuse me, connection right off the bat. Don't just jump right on into like the sale and the pitch and the offer and how this person can pay you take a genuine interest in their life. And I would not rush that. I would take, I would block off like five minutes at least. Number two, prayerfully prepare for your call. Now, this should be paired with you also physically preparing for your call. You should have the presentation. You should have the offer. You should, it should be obvious that you prepared for this call, that you showed up looking like a million bucks, okay? But also preparing your spirit prior to the call, that the Lord would give you wisdom and speak through you. Number three, active listening skills. 
in the midst of a sales call, oftentimes we're asking people really deep personal questions as it relates to their transformation that they're desiring, their struggles, their goals, and really genuinely listen to people and then reflect back to them what it is that you are hearing them say and ask, hey, have I heard you correctly? Number four, we are representing the kingdom and that means that our offers that we are pitching to people need to be exceptional, okay? They don't need to be perfect, but they should not be run-of-the-mill average Joe offers, okay? We're representing the kingdom of Christ. We are working unto the Lord. And so our offers should be absolutely excellent. You should have a guarantee. You should have a, a presentation. You should have an airtight curriculum. Your offer should be extraordinary, okay? None of this average stuff here. And then number five, follow up with grace. And we kind of went really deep into that. But if you're gonna ask somebody to make a decision, a high ticket sales decision with you on the call, then they need to know that ahead of time, okay? Like in the application, they should know that you have an expectation that they're gonna have a decision made by the end of the call. And if they make decisions with a partner, that that person should join them on the call. If you do not clearly communicate to that to them beforehand, okay, and they express that they need a little time, then as a believer, I believe that you should give them that time. Give them like no less than 24 hours, no more than 48 hours to prayerfully decide, talk with their partner, um, chat about the budget, and just make a decision to move forward. And then irregardless of their response, you guys follow up with grace. You should have an email script. Um, if you need an email script, join Powerhouse. Uh, but you should have an email script of what to say to people when you are following up with them um, post a call, okay? So uh, like I, if a call is ending and they haven't given you a decision, you should be like within an hour sending them an email, recapping the call, following up just right then and there, not necessarily to get an answer, but to just to like summarize the call, give them the presentation, make sure that they have all the information that they need to make that decision, and then setting a date and time for when you guys are going to be following up next. Okay. Um, that's what I mean by following up. All right, you guys, I love you. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode, I almost said on this call because we've been talking about sales calls so much. If you found this helpful, it would be so just wonderful to me if you took a screenshot of this and shared it on your Instagram story, tagged me and encouraged your other coaching friends to go take a listen as well. And let's change the online coaching space for the better and bring glory to the Lord. See you next time. Hey coach. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll see you in the next episode.